Blog Talk Radio. show that we talk about life's problems that may break or tear a heart's apart. On Reconnect My Heart, we discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you're able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call me at 516-453-9118. That's 516 9118. Or you can listen online at my heart. Also, just in case you want to see the video version of Reconnect My Heart, you can go to ReconnectMyHeartPodcast.com. you see the video version. And, hey, see me. Uh, thank you to every one of y'all who are tuning in. First, I want to say Happy New Year. I was unable to come on last Sunday, it being the 
New Year's Day. Wow. I'm sorry, New Year's Eve. I'm sorry, that was New Year's Eve. No, last Sunday was the first Sunday of New Year's. Yeah. But um, so now we're here. I get my days mixed up. But now we're here. And I want to come over on here. Um, and I wanted to say Happy New Year to those that I missed last week. But uh, tomorrow we will be celebrating Dr. Martin Luther, Dr. Martin Luther King's Day. Dr. Martin Luther King Day. Um, I wanted to make sure to come on here today, just have a conversation. You know, when I really think about his life from a kid's standpoint, I, although by the time I was born, he was no longer with us, but my dad introduced me to a lot of his teaching, a lot of his work. My dad uh, really loved, really admired Dr. Martin Luther King. He would always play. We had a 45 for those that are, you know, under 30. A 45 is like a small record. And my dad had the record of I Have a Dream. I remember my dad playing that time and time and time again. I don't remember what was on the flip side of it. I just remember playing it. Well, actually, my father playing it, my father playing it, and then when I got old enough, I began to play that myself. And, I mean, just being able to look at and listen to the confidence, even what we would see on TV, listen to his speech, and it was so encouraging, all the adversity that he was uh, dealing with, and, of course, other people were dealing with, but he tried to encourage, and he was uh, even promoting nonviolence. Matter of fact, I have a I have an aunt that uh, she was not with Dr. Martin Luther King because he was for nonviolence and she was for violence, <laughs> you know. And um, one day I would like to get a chance to get on here, and um, you know, just looking at his life and then. Uh, when my when my dad got older and I don't know what he did with that I have a dream uh, vinyl but years later I saw a CD and I purchased the CD and I got it for my dad and I found out there were more uh, messages that he have um, beyond I have a dream. And there was one particular one that really caught my attention. And this was after he had death threats, um, even, um, you know, he had his life, not, not just death threats, but he'd been attacked and incarcerated and all that. But it's one particular audio that catches my attention where he spoke about he was scared. He was scared, and he called his father, and I was like, wow. I heard it, and I really gravitated to that. And so I said all that to say this, really just looking at and, and remembering as a kid the influence he had upon me and 
to see my dad with someone that I looked up to, still do, uh, look up to and admired, and to see my dad look up to someone uh, that he was being encouraged by, that introduced me to Dr. Martin Luther King. And so now looking at 2023, and we're about to celebrate uh, his day within, uh, was that four more hours? That what gave me the idea of really having a conversation today on this show, which we're going to entitle it, Let Your Life Mean Something. Let Your Life Mean Something. Dr. Martin Luther King, he lived this life. Unfortunately, his life was cut short. Um, you know, when you think about that day and time, I mean, my goodness, the hatred that was out there. You know, it's heartbreaking. And unfortunately, the hatred that was out there during that time, unfortunately, some still exist in this day and time. Yes, there are people that will hate one another, not just because of their race, but because of their culture. There are people that is one thing to not like someone individually, but it's another thing to actually plot, plan to destroy a person, rather it be physically through death or even mentally, emotionally. And oftentimes what we look at, we look at, sometimes we look at the opposite sex. Okay, yes, that is a fair assessment to uh, even look at the hatred that may be amongst the opposite sex. Excuse me, excuse me, opposite race, I'm sorry, opposite race. But you also have to look at the hatred, the quote-unquote verbal abuse or sort or even try to annihilate not just those that are of the opposite race, but even some of the same race, some of the same culture, some of the opposite gender, opposite race, as well as opposite sex. There are some people that are just so hungry on hurting people. So we just have to we have to understand that this is not something that God wants us to do. So we have to we have to just excuse me a second, like I'm on one second. One second. Hi. Did you come to the door? Ma, ma, I'm. Give me a minute. Okay. 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 Hello situation okay give me one second but um 
this is it's really heartbreaking. And so one of the things I wanted us to do to have a conversation on why have we become that way? This is something that we have to really examine ourselves. We hurt each other. We deliberately hurt each other. We hate each other. Just because someone does not look like us or even because someone may look like us, we end up hurting them, trying to hurt them, taking them out. Why? I mean, that's a clear sign of some mental issue. I was going to say low self-esteem. Yeah, that could be low self-esteem, but that's a mental issue for someone to deliberately try to bring harm to someone else. So this is something we have to examine. We got to examine ourselves. We got to get ourselves right. But also understand there are some things that are really the devil try to strategically do things to make us miss us being the men and ladies that God called us to be. So I'm going I'm to put this on there right quick. First thing, 10 10 tells us, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and to destroy. The devil's plan is to take us out. But also, get this, the devil not trying to just take me out. He's trying to take you out. Sometimes he will try to take you out by making you think that you have to take me out. When I say me, I'm representing people. But what we got to understand, when you deliberately remove yourself, when you remove yourself from God and his plans that you he has for you, he would deliberately, the devil would try to strategically get you to move you away from the purpose of plan God has for you. Don't you know it's more to you than what you see? You got to understand that there is a purpose and a plan God has for you. You're not just on this earth by coincidence or by accident. You're not by accident. You have a divine purpose and calling over your life. Now, the calling does not always mean that behind the pulpit and all. Look here. There's more than ministry behind the pulpit. But what I'm saying is, first of all, you have people that love you. And there are people that love you. So if you have people that love you and you have people that you love, don't you know the same individual that you may feel like, well, you know, I don't like them. Don't you know God loves them and there are people that love them? So my question is, do you really understand your purpose? And so with you understanding your purpose, even if you don't know right now, the thing is you continue to talk to God, seek out, he will reveal. But Part of your purpose is not to try to eliminate or take somebody out. Now, not just to take somebody out does not only mean the physical, but we talk about the mental and to the emotional. Like I said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and to destroy. The devil would try to steal us from our identity, steal us from our roots, steal us from the purpose and plan God has for us to kill, to annihilate us, to wipe us out, and to destroy us, still kill, to destroy as if we never existed. And we're doing that amongst our own selves. Of course, I always think about, did Dr. Martin Luther King die 
for nothing. Yeah, you know, even though to us he was a a huge figure, but he was also a father. He was also a husband. He was also a brother. He was also a son. So not just he was loved by us, but he was loved by family. He has family. So when we look at him, it was more to him than what we could see. Because we oftentimes see him behind a pulpit. We oftentimes see him, um, if you want to say, speaking or performing. But he was a family man. He was a father. We would see these pictures of him holding his babies. There were people that loved him. But if you look at it, this man had a purpose to try to help and try to fight for a cause. Now, my question is, what are you fighting for? What am I fighting for? Are we having anything to fight for? This is something that we have to think about. You know, many of us, if we were doing that time, if we were alive during that time, many of us this here now, we wouldn't have made it. They fought for what we enjoyed, or sometimes they fought for what we're throwing away right now. They marched. They boycotted. And what are we doing about it? Many of us, we in our own little island are trying to sabotage somebody else's island. When the devil tries to come to steal, to kill, to destroy, some of the measures that he would use, drugs, he would try to make you feel as if for you to numb the pain of what you're dealing with or to have a feel-good moment, hey, try this, try that. Hmm. Drugs. Alcohol. What's so sad for me, for me to be able to see people who have great potential, and get this, everybody has potential. But that does not mean that they're going to reach or have a desire to reach it. No matter how much I may love a person, how much I may even try to help someone, if their will is not for them to go forward, they're not going to do it. If their will is to be complacent, I don't care how I try to help them, they're not going to really receive the help that I'm trying to give them. But drugs, alcohol, sex, sex. Now, of course, God created sex to be for within marriage. But we talk about sex outside of marriage. There are young ladies that will sell their body for a dollar. You know, when you look at some of the videos, you see some of the videos that may be on social media. They call uh, gold digger pranks. There were there are young ladies that are showing themselves, showing their goods, thinking that that's going to convince a guy to give them the time of day for them to enjoy some finances or to get into that pretty car. Yeah. Some people would sell their soul just for the almighty dollar. Now, I know some people, they may even say, well, you know, money is the root of all evil. That's not scripture. The scripture tell us the love of money is the root of all evil. Hmm. That could be the love of other things. So, hey, 
we have to understand that when a person would do anything, anything for a dollar, that's a very dangerous person. That's a that's a person you can't trust. That's a person. Mm-mm. I would tell a person, look here, stay away from that kind of individual. Also, this is something else that some people would do. They will befriend the wrong people. Yeah, why is that? See, they hardest to try to help someone, but they end up helping the wrong people. Oh, well, you know, I got a good heart. You know, I'm just trying to help everybody, and that's not your assignment. The devil would use your kindness to destroy your weakness or to expose your weakness. The devil will use your kindness to take you out. The devil will use your kindness. The devil will use your kind heart, your kind heart to destroy you. There are many people that I know that have having their lives destroyed because they befriended the wrong individual. And the devil will try to use that. Also, crime. Now, I can speak about this because, you know, I work in the jail. As a matter of fact, uh, last Thursday on the 4th, um, uh, Thursday before last, I celebrated my 30 years with the Dallas County Sheriff Department. And I've seen so many guys, they feel so helpless. So you know what they do? They continue their life of crime. There are some that have had a look, look, they may have had a record. Some of them, I've heard them say, well, I'm a four-time loser or say that, you know, I got a felony, uh, a felony on my record. You know, I give up. You know, well, you know, I'm, I'm caught up in the system. That's a trap. Mindset would keep you as, an, as a prisoner. So you have to understand that the devil will make you feel like you have to continue that life of crime. You know, and actually, if you really think about it, if you took the initiative, now it, now it may require you to do some work, but I'm telling you, God can help you overcome anything and everything. Also, not just the life of crime, feel like you have to continue the life of crime, but even poverty. The devil wants the young ladies to stay in the system. The devil wants the devil, look, the devil love for there to be a single parent home in the family to raise your children. He he loves that. He wants that. And, you're, you know, unfortunately, so many of us, we have fell into that. Sometimes, even like I said, because of the choices that we make, we know, hey, look here, a guy can see that female, oh, she got a nice behind, and I can go ahead and blah, 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 blah. And next thing you know, you end up trying to have a one-night stand, and you end up calling yourself to get her pregnant. And guess what? Now, you were just kicking it with her, or friends for benefit. Wasn't even committed to her. But you end up now calling yourself to have your seed to grow up in a single-parent home. But also, unfortunately, I'm gonna be—I'm gonna throw it out there. Sometimes, because of the young lady who have not studied that guy, who she may be sleeping with, and now 
She ended up linking herself up with someone that she ended up getting pregnant by who she may not even want to deal with. Sometimes you give your heart to someone, and then later on you find out who his real character is. And you try, well, I'm just going to try to change. I'm going to try to pray. And God said, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm telling you, this person right here is not the one. Look here. Even when it comes down to matters of the heart, dating. Don't you know why we, with our good kind hearts, are playing patty cake with the enemy, and they playing Russian roulette with us. And all the all in the chamber got the bullets. Not one bullet missing. Playing these games. That's a game. And who's on the who's on the the losing end? It's the children. Our seeds. So we got to do better. We got to do better. You know what? Forget better. We got to do right. That's what we need to say. We got to do right. So with all of that, we have to look at, are we living the abundant life that God has for us? Like I mentioned earlier, the thief comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I come, talk about Jesus, but I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly, which is a better quality of life. So my question is, would you allow your life to be better? Are you living your Are you living the life that God has for you to be? Because anything outside of or anything underneath what God has for us is us living beneath our rights, our benefits as a believer. We're not really living our full potential outside of or beneath God having a desire for us to do and receive what he has for us. Hmm. And so what we got to do, matter of fact, I'm going to throw this out there also. Didn't want to forget about this. Even when it comes down to what the devil tried to do, when it comes down to uh, allowing our seeds to grow up in a single family home, don't know he trying to eliminate the family as how God ordained it. He's also trying to eliminate our family lineage, our family lineage. There are so many people right now, you see it on TV, so many people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and don't even know who their biological father is. Hmm. So these are some of the things that they would try to do. It's going to take us to do the right thing. It's going to take us. It's going to take us to ask God to help us for us to be able to live the life that he has for us. One of the scriptures that really holds dear to me, I have given you everything pertaining to life and godliness, life being eternal life, but godliness is godly living here on earth. God has given us everything. Hmm. And unfortunately, some people, they don't care. That's what scares me. When a person don't care about themselves, when a person don't care about their life, they don't care about yours either. I don't care how you love a person. Actually, the question I always ask a person when you try to, first of all, unless you're the parent and that person is a minor, you can't influence them to do right. And there's so many people that give their heart to people 
when they tried to minister to them and also supply them with the love as a companion. And they go into a friendship or a relationship or courtship and from the very beginning like that. If you already know how that person is and who that person is, hmm, that's them. That's really them. And I don't care, well, you know, God told me that's my assignment. You're lying. You're lying. I and I, I don't want to get no soapbox, but I get so sick and tired. People using that as an excuse and saying that God told them and they are lying. You're lying on God. God did not tell you to hook up with them and they're unequally yoke or uncompatible or incompatible. So, no, that wasn't God. That was you. You said that. Actually, well, that was might have been a God, small g, you being your own God to try to change them to do as if what God could only do, but they don't want God to change them. You want them to change, not for his glory, but for yours. Let's put it out there. And so we have to really ask ourselves, even in the decisions that we're making in life, what would it produce for our life? Don't you know, don't you know many of our decisions that we make will either get us into the purpose that God has for us or remove us from the purpose and plan God has for us? Don't you know every decision that we make matters? Every decision that we make, and, but it it affects other people beyond yourself. I want you to really think about it. You're responsible for your decisions. But also the decisions that you make could affect other people. So let that resonate. But our life got to mean something. You know, I've shared this on the show some time ago. And I remember when Michael Jackson died. Actually, Michael Jackson died on my um, brother's birthday, June 25th. But I remember the day after Michael Jackson died, June 26, 2009. And I was thinking about, man, I remember where I was when I found that he died. And, I, you know, I, I like Michael Jackson. I was, you know, I've, I've seen him growing up. I remember him. Motown 25, when he did the moonwalk that Sunday night, I remember all that stuff. And then we went to school the next morning trying to do the moonwalk, too. But I thought about when he died. thought about 100 years from now, his great-grandkids going to know who he is. He was classified as the world's greatest entertainer. Even the royalties from the albums that he made, the movies that he made, they're going to be reaping the benefits. But a hundred years from now, they're still going to celebrate him. They're still going to honor him. They're still going to receive the residuals of what he made. But a hundred years from now, will they know us? Will our children know us? Will our offspring's offspring know us? It's something to think about. And so even in my book, Dr. Martin Luther King was a model that I saw of a person who might not be a multimillionaire or may not have grown up as a multimillionaire, 
But he left them, he left his children something. He left his children something really can change the course of their life. But also it gave me the responsibility as a father to make sure that I'm able to give my son the same thing. And that's the word of God. The word of God. You know, for us to be able to, as fathers, as men, let's let our children see us in prayer, obeying God. Not just, hey, 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 y'all need to go to church. One of the things I always tell the guys before they get ready to get released in jail, hey, go home, be with your family, but do not send them to church. Take them. Don't send them. Take them. Hmm. We as men, you think about it. The work that Dr. Martin Luther King did, there was a movement that caused, there was a movement that people wanted to do to make sure that he was celebrated and he was able to have his have his uh, have his birthday as a holiday. But what are we doing? Yeah. You know, unfortunately, many of our leaders from the 60s, 50s, and 60s, they're no longer with us. Look, they did the work. They're ready to pass the torch. But are we equipped to be in place to receive it? You know, just like in churches, the saints of old are going on. The saints of old, are we in place, are we in place to carry their torch to make things better? Hmm. You know, it's time for excuses. It's really time for excuses. But with our life, are we making our life mean something? You know, there's always a story that we, that we share at a funeral. It talks about the story of every time you go to a graveyard, there are two dates on there. There's a born day, and then there's a day that the person died. But in between those two dates is something called a dash. And that dash represents your life. It represents everything you did from the time that you were born up until the time that you died. And so that question to always ask, what are you doing with your dash? So my question is, what are you doing with your dash? And look, we ain't talking about no door dash either. Or we ain't talking about Mrs. Dash that you put on your food. But we talking about what are you doing with your life? Are you allowing your life to have sustenance? Are you allowing your life to be the salt in somebody's life? The life that you live in. Every, like I said, everybody has a purpose. And it's time for us to be about our father's business and do what we're supposed to do here on earth. Because to be honest with you, it's funny, but I remember looking back years ago, I remember I was in my teens. Now, shucks, I'm in my 50s. Time wastes on no one. And don't ever feel like, well, you got time. Because, yeah, you know, you might, you might live a long life. But the time that you have right now may be the assignment that you're supposed to be helping or doing something that God has you to do for someone or maybe an influence. Look here, I tell people, I wouldn't wait 
I wouldn't wait one other minute to do what God has me to do. Don't you know, anytime you're not doing what God has you to do, don't you know, you actually aging yourself because sin ages you. Sin ages you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you can be you can be saved, you can love the Lord, but if you operate operate outside of God's will and purpose and plan, don't you know the consequences that you might not even be aware of? Because the devil never will never disclose every information to you. He won't allow you to see those spiritual fine prints. He gonna deceive you. That's his job. But if we say that we love the Lord, we, you know, we're children of God and, you know, church going, born again, Christians, what are we doing walking out or working and living outside of disobedience? Why are we living outside of obedience to God? Why? It ain't worth it. Like I said, when we think about as, quote, unquote, children of God, think about this. We as children of God, and if we are disobedient to the to the heavenly Father, don't you know that we reap what we sow? Oftentimes, we are set in place for our biological children to treat us how we treat our spiritual Father, our heavenly Father. It's something to think about, because I'm gonna tell you like this: God got a way of catching your attention. God got a way of catching my attention. Like I tell people, it ain't worth it. Sin ain't worth it. But not only that, but don't you know God has something greater for us? And don't you know that what we asking God for, what we believe in God for, it can you know it's linked to our obedience. And my thing is, I want I want us to have a healthy, a happy, healthy life, obedience to God, and have our life mean something. For that way, we can influence people. We can help turn this world right side up because right now it's upside down. Something to think about. And so with that, first of all, we got to care. We got to care about our life. Don't you know we are important? You are important. Think about you. You are important. You're important, and don't ever think that you're a mistake. Don't ever think that, well, you know, you got time to correct your mistakes. When you continue to make mistakes, you affect yourself, and you affect the people who love you, and you affect the people that you love. You know, when you see people that you love, and they really living beneath their benefits as believers, it's hurtful. It is like they're delusional. It's because if you look at it, somebody that's on drugs, they're going to always say, oh, they got it under control. When in fact, when you look on the outside to be able to see them on the inside, you can say, uh-uh. Look, they don't have control over that. That got a control over them. Hmm. And so some of the things we got to do for us to be able to help and allow our life to mean something, what we got to do, we got to understand to be accountable for one another. And now, 
we first got to be accountable to God and accountable to ourselves. Don't you know, and, you know, I, I made this uh, comment some time ago, and I always tell people when I'm in a discussion with them, but uh, me now have an 18-year-old son, but when he was small, I always called him my bodyguard. And they thought that it was so cute. You know, I'm in my work uniform, and I have this little baby, and we're walking around, and I call him my bodyguard. No, I wasn't just talking about physical bodyguard. I was talking about emotional, mental bodyguard. In other words, he's my accountability partner. Think about doing something ungodly. If I thought about doing something that was wrong, you know what I thought about? How would it look if my son saw me do it? Yeah, those that know me, I'm going to throw it out there. I thought about, yeah, yeah, there are some guys, hey, they go have sex with any female that they want. But I think about this. If I did that, I'd be setting the stage for my son to do the exact same thing, ruining somebody, some female's life. Now, if I say it's cool for me to do it, hey, why don't I let him do it? But think about this. What if instead of me having a son, what if I have a daughter? So in other words, if I'm going to plot plan and ruin some female's life, that means I'm giving permission for a guy to do the same thing to my daughter, and the answer is no. So if I'm not going to do it, if I'm not going to let my daughter be treated that way, then I'm not going to treat somebody else's daughter that way. That's what you call being accountable. Being accountable for yourself. And what we got to do, we got to be aware of our actions and our decisions. It's so important for us to understand the importance of our decision-making. Don't you know, the devil going to try any way possible to come into your life to destroy everything that God has for you and everything you work for. Look here, the devil don't mind you. He will even set up opportunity for you to do whatever you want to do for you to have a great fall. So you have to let your life, number one, the Bible tells us, let our light so shine. But anytime we do something that's unlike God, we dim the light that's within us. We got to think about that. So hold yourself accountable. Hold yourself accountable. In other words, we got to start being disciplined. And this is what for whatever decision that you make, not just pertaining to, you know, sex and everything, but even pertaining to spending, spending money. Be disciplined. Also, look here, especially now, there are some people that's, uh, um, you know, having different fasts and everything because of being the beginning of the year. But, hey, being disciplined with the way you eat, being disciplined. We got to have a discipline in our life. Anytime you lack discipline, you're allowing anything or anybody to control you. So we got to be more disciplined. Also, not only uh, being accountable to God, well, I would even throw this out there, being accountable to God, meaning we need to consult God in every decision that we make. When we consult God in every decision, we ask him, God, if this is something that we, you want me to do, and wait for his response. Don't you know God would talk to you just like you can hear me? God can talk to you. So understand that God wants us to consult with him in all of our ways. 
and he will tell us what we need to do. God will tell us what we need to do. God will guide us and lead us. And so with that, God wants us to consult him. God wants us to consult him first and only. And so now, you know, we're accountable to God, accountable to ourselves, and accountable to others. You know, because like I said, it's easy for us to give ourselves permission to do something, but we we won't allow somebody else to do what we given ourselves permission to do. Something to think about. But also, scripture tell us that we should be our brother's keeper. Hmm. So like I said, letting your life mean something. You know, oftentimes, if you want to see the reflection of men going to their neighborhood, you know, when we look into our neighborhoods, sometimes when we look around our neighborhood, it letting us know where there's strong men or lack of men or weak men in our communities. You know, growing up, it used to be the time that we would look out in, in the yard and we would see other fathers, other men in the neighborhood that may be cutting the grass, might be going outside playing with the kids and stuff. But now, so many of the men, they're locked up in jail. So many of the men, which I know there's things that may happen, rather some of them may be uh, some parents Maybe, you know, raising their children in a single-parent home because of divorce or even, you know, death of the children's father or whatever. But even with that, you know, God can God allows, you know, stepfathers or stepfathers or stepmothers or stepmothers or whatever, you know. And so even with that, you know, just in case you made a mistake, okay, you made a mistake, but don't let that define you. You make it a point to make a better decision with what you're dealing with. Hmm. And so with that, it's so important for us to let our life, you know, like I said, for us to let our life mean something and for us to look at, you know what, what what am I doing with this platform? What am I doing with this purpose and thing called life that God allowed me to have? Because God did not make you inactive. Or God didn't even want you to be reactive. He wants you to be proactive. You know, think about think about each and every one of us have a purpose that each and every one of us are important. And you know, I may say, well, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna wait till you get you know, uh uh-uh, uh no. You know, we think about the lepers. The lepers and God told or excuse me. And, and Jesus told the lepers to go show themselves to the priest. And when did they get healed? They were healed as they went. And so sometimes we have to go, even if we don't see anything, but when God tells us to go, we go. And as we go, God bring healing. God bring momentum for us to be able to accomplish that purpose that he has for us to do. We have to take into consideration how important, how important it is for us to obey what God told us to do. Let your life mean something. And like I said, if we're looking for an example, if we're looking for a reason, 
Look at that's Martin Luther King. Look at him. Yeah, of course. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Yeah. But that's Martin Luther King. You know, if you really look at it, so many people, so many people, they feel like they don't have a cause to stand or to do something. Speak up, you know, help, you know, help one another. You know, be able to be able to be in a position where your family, you won't put a burden upon your family because of your lifestyle, because of your choices that you make. Don't be a burden to your family. You know, live a life where if something happens to you, we don't it don't don't have to be death, but if something happens where you are unable for you to be able to do something that you normally would do or be a help of some sort, make it a point where you live a life where look, your absence will be known, will be felt. But some people some people look They've been such a hell raiser in their life. It's like they family like, whew, he got to go. <laughs> you know, or, you know, if he locked up well, at least we know where he at. Come on now. Come on. You know, what I found out, whenever a person is incarcerated, there are funding that are there. And people make money off of incarcerated people. But as much money as they may make on people who may be incarcerated, none of that money going to your pocket. What about if you were productive in doing something where that money is routed, not in their pockets, but in your pocket or in your family's pocket? What are you doing? I want you to your life. Look here. You know, I'm going to tell you like this. One of the things I always watch, I always watch when I go to a neighborhood. In certain neighborhoods, you'll see a liquor store and a check cashing place. A liquor store and a check cashing place. You won't see no bank. You'll see a liquor store and a check cashing place. But you go to certain neighborhoods, you'll see a hospital, you'll see a bank, you'll see a grocery store, you'll see a hospital or a clinic. You see a schooling, some type, some form of education that they can be able to give to the next generation. But unfortunately, many of us, we're just thinking about the moment. We're thinking about right now. We're not feeding we're not feeding our children spiritual food first. We're not an example to our children. We can't conversate with our children or uh, sometimes our children only want to conversate with us. Why? Because we don't know how to talk to people. We don't know how to feed them. Sometimes even linking up with the wrong person to date or to marry, that could be a horrible mistake. Because there are some people, I'm gonna say it like this. There are some people you don't need to date. There are some people you don't even you don't even have no children with. What do we do with the decisions that we make? 
we causing our own demise. We're causing our own quote unquote problems. We're not problem solvers. We're creating more problems on top of the problems that we already dealing with. So today, as of right now, my charge, my plea is to you and myself from this day forth. Let's do something that we're supposed to do, and let's ask God to help us in whatever purpose and plan he has for us, for us to accomplish what he has for us to do. Like I said, 20 years from now, 20 years from now, when we get to the point of us receiving or reaping from the fruits of our labor, will the basket that we feast off of, will it be full? Will it be empty? What type of nourishment will be in our basket of life that we are feasting off of based upon the seeds that we have planted? There will be a harvest time for us to reap what we're sowing. Now, my question is, what are you sowing? What are you sowing in this life? What are you sowing in this life and that will benefit in the life to come? Now, many of us, when we used to depend upon the elders, you know, to me, the wiser man I knew was my dad. Well, now I'm at the point where, yeah, I can go to my dad for counsel. I can go to my, you know, my mother, my stepmother or whoever. But now I got to look at just like when I was a kid and I would look up to my father when he was half my age I am now. Now, what am I doing? But now people are looking at me. You know, I go to work and now they they call me old school. I'm like, man, I ain't. uh, Wait a minute. Hold you. Ooh, I guess I am. (laughs) But now it could be an honor. It could be a privilege. What are you doing with it? So there's something else to think about. Think about it. And so with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get ready to um, have a word of prayer. But also, I want y'all to take inventory of yourself. Evaluate yourself. Evaluate yourself. From this point on, what are you doing with your time? What What are you doing with the time that you have right now? You know, I tell people all the time, be aware of people that you allow to waste your time. Your time is important. You're not getting that time back. Be be responsible for the time that you have. Allow someone to be responsible for your time. Don't give nobody other than God that responsibility of managing your time. No, because I'm telling you, those people that you may allow to to use your time, borrow your time, or even to control your time will control your destiny. And oftentimes, it ain't good. Hmm. You have say-so. You have rights. You have benefit. You're responsible. You're responsible for your time. 
You're responsible for your heart. You're responsible for your mind. You're responsible for everything God gave you. God can hold you responsible for it, not somebody else. Look, he's not going to he's not going to uh allow you to pass the buck and then go to someone else to ask them, well, what why are you doing wasting their time now? He said no, he's going to ask you, why did you allow them to waste your time? Why did you why did you allow them to use you? Why do you allow them? You allow them to come into your life. Well, you know, I didn't no, no, no. Number 1, we supposed to consult God. In all our ways. Number two, when God give us red flags, we'll ignore them. So what is the excuse? We have none. No man will have an excuse. When God show himself, when God show us who people are, when God show us who we are, why we're not taking the ball and running? Hmm. Something to think about. So with that being said, just in case, just in case you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I would advise you to do it right now. Do not wait another moment. Accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Know that he wants to come in and reside in your life, in your heart. Romans 10 and 9 tells us that thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ as thy Savior, and believe in the heart God is raised from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Know that there is nothing too hard for God. No matter what you did in the past, he wants you to come in. Number one, come to him. Come to him. Accept him in your life and allow him to help you with the rest of your life. Also, just in case you may be dealing with something, I'm telling you, there's nothing too hard for God. God wants you to go to him and allow him to heal your heart, heal your mind, help you in every area of your life. The Heavenly Father, we coming to you right now. We thank you all for your awesomeness. We coming to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence today. So, God, we coming to you right now, God. We ask you to help us right now, God, in every area of our life. First of all, God, we thank you, Lord, for allowing us, God, to have the activities of our limbs, God. Ask, ask you, God, to help us, God, to be mindful of your presence at all times, God. Help us, God, to lean and trust in you and allow you, God, to be ruler over and in our lives right now, God, in the name of Jesus. God, we ask you to help us, God, to understand the importance, God, of being obedient to you, God, and allowing you, God, to uh, lead and guide us in every area of our lives right now. In the name of Jesus, we bind everything the devil stand for. We counsel the devil's assignment right now. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we thank you right now, God, for your redemptive power right now, God. Thank you, Lord, for not giving up on us right now, God. God, we thank you, Lord, even for having our best interest at heart. God, we ask, Lord, to help those who may be grieving, God. Comfort them right now, God. Be with them right now, God. God, we hold up each and every person right now, God. The Busby family, God. The Hutchins family right now, God. God, we ask you to hold them close to your bosom right now, God. Comfort them and be with them right now, God. In the name of Jesus. God, we're speaking right now, God, that you even help us, God, to be on one accord. God, help us, God, to show interest in the lives of the people that you send our way right now, God. Help us right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. But also, Lord, we even thank you, Lord, for your protection, God. God, we know that even what they they call the Arctic weather may be coming into our areas. But, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your hedge of protection right now, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your covering, God. We thank you, Lord, for your power that's helping us right now, God, and sustaining us 
even during this time, God. And God, we ask God to help us right now, God, to be to be careful, God, if we're on the roads right now, God. God, we're speaking right now, God, that you protect us, God, in our homes, God. Keep the electricity on, God, functioning, God, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. And God, we ask God to give our uh, governors, God, and give our elected officials, God, Give them, God, the wisdom, God, what they need to do, God, even when it comes down to these cold weathers right now, God. God, we even ask, God, to protect those, God, who may be outside, God. God, protect them, God, and give them shelters right now, God. And, God, we're speaking right now, God, that you give those who may be even living on the streets, God. Give them the means, God. Give them the wisdom, the insight, the opportunity, God, to seek help right now, God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, but most importantly, everything that you are. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I thank each and every one of y'all who are tuning in. Uh, If you want to get in contact with me, you can catch me on Facebook. I'm Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R. Prater, P as in Paul, R-A, T as in Tom, E-R. Um, you can see me on uh, Facebook where you have my videos, my daily devotions. And also, if you want to go to the store section, excuse me, if you want to go to my website, you can go to brotherprater.com. That's brotherprater.com. Uh, you will see my daily devotions, my videos, and also my personal appearances. And uh, for those who want to go to the store section of my website, you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to God of Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men the needs and the responsibility towards their family, their children, even their children's mother. Also, it's a good tool for not just the men, but for the ladies, too, uh, to help them to uh, read and be able to um Talk about dating and some other stuff, a lot of stuff. But uh, also, this book, uh, The Girl Who Was Her Brother's Keeper, The Love Beyond Life, is a story of my sister, Sheila Prater, who um, is no longer with us. Uh, she was killed uh, by domestic violence. And so, you know, even with that, you know, just being real with you, you know, I, I, I was really thinking about her this week. And, um, you know, even just allowing your life to mean something, you know, when you make when you make decisions that God did not ordain, you can even link yourself up with people who mean who look at your life meaning nothing. It's so many people. I'm gonna say it. It's so many people that I've read in a few months have gotten killed because they end up choosing the wrong one in a relationship. I'm tired. I'm tired of it. Sick and tired of it. Sick and tired of it. I I hate for I hate for me to see families go through because some knucklehead punk killing some female because he don't know how to handle his emotions. Hmm. Well, yeah, I know some people. You know, being me, you told me you shouldn't be saying that. Let somebody do something to your family member. It's easy for somebody to say what you shouldn't do, but let them be in that same situation. So be thankful that I love enough and care about to try to help somebody. I'm I'm tired of going to a funeral and it's because of domestic violence. I'm tired of having to 
speak to a mother that lost her daughter. Or I'm tired of seeing a mother having to go pay bond over a son that end up killing some girl. Mm. That's my story. Yeah. So with that being said, I want y'all to be safe tonight and uh, for this week. And um, I want y'all to celebrate also tomorrow, Dazmoto, the King's Day. And um, I thank each and every one of y'all who are tuning in. And thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart Podcast. God bless you and good night. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.